0: Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning comes again from the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 27. verse 17 to 27. Last week we saw Jesus' teaching on marriage and divorce, and he blesses little children. This week we see the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 27. Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way. Sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but with God, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. This is the word of our Lord. So as Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem, and in fact in chapter 11, where we'll finish up our study of the Gospel of Mark for now, is his triumphal entry. So he is almost at Jerusalem. He continues his journey. And as he's journeying, this rich man, this rich young man, stopped him and asked him a question. Now, even though this man was rich and young, his question to Jesus appears to be sincere. It appears to be a legitimate question. It isn't like a trap like the Pharisees have been doing for the past several years. It's an honest question he's asking them. In fact, the scripture even tells us that the man comes up to Jesus and kneels before him and appeals to his integrity by calling him a good teacher. And this young man asks the question that everyone wants to know the answer to. He asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And as I've said before, there are really only two types of religious systems. One where you try to earn your way to eternal life, and then there's the Christian way, of accepting salvation through Jesus Christ. The Jews, of course, were taught that legalistic way of earning your salvation by doing good works. So right away, Jesus questioned the young man about the reason for calling him good. He simply says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So by saying this, Jesus challenged the young man to think about who Jesus really was, to think about who he was. Since we know that only God is good, the question is, was this young man prepared to affirm Jesus as God? Because he came up and said, good teacher. And we know that only God is good. So was this young man ready to believe, ready to confirm that Jesus is God. And only after understanding this will the young man be able to understand the answer that Jesus is about to give. Jesus goes on to say, you need to obey the commandments. And that was a pretty typical Jewish response. As I said the Jews were taught that legalistic way of earning salvation by doing good works, and part of that was by obeying the laws, not just the commandments uh, that Moses gave from God, but also the rules and regulations that the Jewish people, the rabbis, uh, the Pharisees, and the scribes, and the Sadducees come up with. So Jesus says you need to obey the commandments. That was a typical response. And they were the Jews were convinced that by obeying the commandments you gained favor with God by your good behavior. And if you look at that list of commandments that Jesus gave, they are all the commandments that deal with the interaction from person to person, not necessarily from person to God. So the young man hears the answer and responds by saying, "Yeah, yeah, I've heard that many times before, and I obey all those commands since since I was a little kid, but what am I missing? I'm still missing something here. Again, this was a sincere response from him. He probably has externally obeyed those commands. He's probably never murdered anyone. He's probably felt that he's honored his father and his mother. He probably thought he was fair in his dealings and he didn't defraud anyone. So externally, he probably felt, yes, I've obeyed those commandments. The same with us. None of us have probably ever murdered anyone. And so on. We externally have obeyed those commandments. But Jesus is focusing on the internal attitude here. And he's trying to point out that his internal motives may not always be right. See, this man feels he's missing something. He doesn't feel like he has eternal life. And he knows that all those good things he's done haven't earned him the eternal life that he longs for. So Jesus tells this man something shocking. He says, go and give away all of your possessions, and give the money to the poor. Now, by saying this, and some people have misinterpreted this, by saying this, Jesus was not saying that we need to be philanthropists. We don't, we, he's not saying that we need to give all of our money to the poor. He's also not saying that we need to be living in extreme poverty To get into the kingdom of heaven. He's not saying either one of those things. Rather Jesus by saying this. By saying sell everything you own and give to the poor. He's exposing the man's heart. See the young man's heart. Belonged to his possessions. And that's what Jesus was getting at. See this man thought he was innocent. He thought he obeyed the commandments, but in reality he loved his possessions more than he loved other people. But more importantly, even beyond that, he refused to obey Christ's direct command by simply walking away. Christ told him, sell everything you own, give it to the poor. And then come back and follow me. This man didn't do that. He simply walked away. This young man chose the earthly riches. Instead of obeying God. And receiving eternal life. And heavenly riches. He would not submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He went away sad. Because the price was too high for him to pay. He loved his possessions. He loved his wealth more than he loved God. Every disciple of Jesus Christ is called to follow him in faith. But sometimes there's obstacles that stand between us and Jesus. And we must remove those barriers in order to be faithful to him. For this young man, the barrier was money. It was his wealth. For others, it might be our family. It might be our friends. It might be sports. It might be business. But just because the obstacle is different for us, it doesn't make the demand any different. If something is keeping us from following Christ, we need to get rid of it. And make no mistake about it, we live in a materialistic society today, especially here in the United States. But we need to remember that God owns it all. God gives it to us to use for a while, and we're to use what He gives us for His purpose. I know He's put me here for a reason. At this particular time, throughout history. I often look back at, and watch some history movies or read some history books or something, and I think, boy, I could not have survived that. I just couldn't have lived through that kind of stuff. But he's put me here and from 1977 on through 2009, and hopefully many more years. He's put me at this particular point in time for a reason. And he's given me the things that he's given me for a reason. He knows what I need. Once in a while, he pushes me out of my comfort zone. No doubt about that. But I know that I'm doing what he wants me to do. But this young man goes away sad. He goes away sad because he doesn't want to get pushed out of his comfort zone. He loves his wealth and his possessions more than he loves God. So he goes away Still looking for a way to gain salvation. But still keep his money. He says, there's got to be a way. And that's what a lot of people think today as well. They think, oh, I can still do this or do that and be a Christian. And be saved. But we know that's not how salvation works. We cannot just do something for the church, whether it's, "Eh, I'll just send some money once a month to the church and that'll get me in good with God. Or, you know, I'll go and I'll work on the church. They need some work done. I'll clean it for them. I'll cut the grass. And eh, that's all I need. That'll get me into heaven. That's not how it works. We know how it works. In order to be saved, you must receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And you must make a choice as to where you will focus your time and your attention. Are you going to focus it on earthly pursuits? Building up wealth? Or are you going to focus on godly ones? And I'm not saying just focusing on coming to the church and doing stuff for the church all the time. Having a family and treating your family and raising your family in a Christian manner is a worthy pursuit for God, no doubt about it. Helping your neighbors is a worthy pursuit. Spreading the gospel is a worthy pursuit. Living the gospel is a worthy pursuit. But working six or seven days a week, 10, 15 hours a day, just so you can earn more and more money is not a worthy pursuit for God. But as Jesus watches this young man walk away, he turns to his disciples and says how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. So after this young man, he, Jesus tells this young man the shocking statement of go and sell everything you own and give it to the poor, Jesus turns around, looks at his disciples, and tells them another shocking statement. How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. See, the Jews believe that wealth was a gift from God. And that's true. God does take care of us. But wealth can also be a test and can turn into a temptation and a curse. See, wealth tends to lead or tends to create self-sufficiency and a false sense of security. And this often leads people with a lot of wealth to believe that they don't need God or they don't need the things that He provides for them because we've already got a big bank account. I've got enough money. I don't have to worry about God providing stuff for me. I've got money to buy it. I can live my life however I want. And that's what the Jews believed at the time as well. they believe that wealth came from God, so if you were rich, you must be a godly person. So the crowd asks, who then can be saved? Well, we know the answer to that question, too. We aren't saved by our works. We must abandon all that stands between us and Jesus. We need to trust God alone and in Him completely. Salvation is truly God's gift to us through faith. What a a wonderful story this is, we see in this Gospel this morning. And what a simple story it is. A man comes to Jesus looking for the answer to eternal life, but he goes away sad because he doesn't want to pay the price. And that's the question for you to think about this morning and this week. You've heard the price. If you didn't know it before this morning, you heard it this morning. Jesus demands 100%. The question is, are you willing to commit to that? Or will you walk away? The choice is indeed yours. Eternal life is more than simply eternal existence. It's a different quality of life. And eternal life is in Christ alone. Those who possess it have passed on, passed out of death into life. They've died to sin and are alive to God. They have the very life of Christ in them. And they enjoy that relationship with Jesus Christ that will never end. That is eternal life. Does that describe your life? I hope so. And eternal life lasts forever. But it starts today. Or it has already started for many of us. So enjoy it. We shouldn't worry about the things that really aren't going to mean anything for eternity. But we should simply live life as eternal life. Salvation and all its benefits come from God. Both in this life and in the life to come. And when we remember that and we give 100% to God, we will never have to walk away sad. Because we know where true life comes from. Let's close with a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this simple story. It's laid out so well for us and so easy for us to understand. Help us to follow through with our commitment to you and not walk away from you like this young man did. Strengthen us to keep our material possessions and wealth in check and help us to remember where it all comes from in the first place and help us to use what you have given to us for your honor and for your glory. We thank you for eternal life that comes through Christ. Help us to enjoy that today and every day. Amen.